and welcome to Talking Shop with Teresa and Bree. Tonight we have a very exciting and very practical show that I think every mystical entrepreneur and actually anybody who has a modern business is going to find, um, you're going to find this really useful. Our show tonight is called Getting Your Website Right and Tight, Design, Function, and Security. And I'm going to talk about our guests in a moment, but uh, for those who are listening, my name is Teresa Reed, and I am also known as the Tarot Lady, and you can find me at www.thetarotlady.com. And my very fine, fabulous co-host, Miss Bree Saucy. Welcome, welcome. Hello, everyone. Thank you, Teresa. Thank you, everyone who's listening, for tuning in tonight, spending part of your evening with us. <coughs> I am Brianna Saucy, and you can find me at briannasaucy.com. And we're super excited about our show tonight. Yeah, you know, I... I I, I don't think we're excited about our shows every time because both of us really enjoy talking about the business aspects of our work. And, you know, we love producing these little podcasts with information that is going to help people who are also involved in the sacred arts work. Uh, you know, a lot of times we, we end up talking mostly when our, we're with our fellow peers. We talk about, you know, our general work or we talk about, you know, things that we're dealing with or how to build our skills. But we don't talk a lot about business. So it's really great to have these shows out there uh, for our peers. And I, I just really love doing this with you, Bree. And tonight our show is going to be, I think, uh, is one of the most practical and useful topics to talk about. Don't you agree? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we're going to... As Teresa said, we're talking about getting your website right and tight, design, function, and security. And I think that this is absolutely critical. I was just saying before the call started that I can't tell you how many websites I've seen that are really pretty, but they don't function well because they're not designed with functionality in mind. Um, I don't know what the, what is in mind when they're designed. Maybe like fanciness? I'm not sure. And security is just so, so mission critical. Teresa, you mentioned about how you have been hacked. I have had people attempt to hack me, and my person who provides website security has, like, totally defended my site. And that's important stuff, you know. That that damages your credibility. A certain kind of attack can take your site down. So security is is right up there with, you know, Number one priority stuff. Right. And, you know, it's really interesting you say about function because I've also seen some sites, too, that they're pretty but they're not functional or they're functional but the design is, like, super, super outdated. And I think finding the balance between a site that looks good but is also easy to use is really important for people to want to do business with you. And I will say that I got hacked a few times and I – I had a vicious attack going on, and what I ended up doing was having someone come in and clean up my site and get rid of that hacking, and then we moved it over to a host that now really watches my site very carefully. And you, you've got to have that security, not just for your clients, but also if someone takes your site down, you're out of business. I mean, That's that right. is like, you know, you cannot get any business coming in the door, and having your site down for a couple of hours or even a couple of days can really be a hot pain. So hopefully tonight 
we're going to be giving everyone the information. So that never happens to them. So, Bree, you want to introduce our very, very special guest tonight? Tell everyone about I her. I do. I do. We are so excited to have Allison Monday with us. She is the tech whiz and design guru behind Tiny Blue Orange, a one-stop shop for gorgeous websites that function like a dream and are secure as a fortress. Welcome, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us. We are both so thrilled to talk with you because we know that you have got the scoop when it comes to this stuff. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, absolutely, and thank you so much for having me, and thanks to everybody listening in. And, um, you know, I'm excited to dive into the things that you ladies have already kind of hinted at, but um, even beyond that and, and help everyone kind of get their websites right and tight. I think we can leave this uh, conversation with everyone feeling good about what to do next. Right on. I think if you have, like, some ideas on what steps you can take from somebody who knows what they're talking about, it, it kind of like makes it more less intimidating. So, so one hundred percent. And and that's the thing uh, I want to start out by saying is the whole idea of websites and design. And Brie, I don't know if you had this experience, but putting one up was really terrifying for me. And learning how to fiddle with it was extremely extremely intimidating. And I'm very design challenged. You know, I have the worst taste in the world. I love to say that my taste. It's kind of like Liberace mixed in with some <laughs> ludicrous. And, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> so, you know, I want to start off by talking about design because for those of us who are design challenged, you know, sometimes what we think looks good doesn't. So what I'd like you to start is telling our audience what makes a good design and what does a mystical business owner or, you know, any business owner need to know for that matter about creating a good design for their website. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I, I absolutely love when you tell me about how design challenged you are. I think, you know, right, like we all have our own opinions and, and there's different taste levels across the board. But I think what it boils down to at the end of the day is that while you want your site to look good, um, your website isn't really for you. It's for your audience to use. And that's not to say that you don't want your brand up and you, you don't want your personality to shine. But in terms of functionality, um, don't forget that at the end of the day, if your site isn't usable by the people visiting your site, they're not going to spend time there. You know, like you said, you're you're kind of going to be out of business or um, you're not going to have as many um, clients or people booking um, readings or whatever it might be. Um, so kind of keeping your end user or end goal in mind when you're sitting down to figure out this design is so important. Um, and then the other thing to think about, too, is um, just like you said, there's all these pretty sites in the world. Um, I think a big problem lately is this, like, shiny object syndrome when it comes to websites is you'll see something on somebody else's site and really love it and it really resonates with you. Um, and so you turn around and say, well, I want that for my site. But the question you should be asking is, is this serving a purpose? Is this true to my brand? Is this true to my business goals? Or is it just, you know, I think it looks really cool. And not that there's anything wrong with, you know, wanting to look really cool. Um, but in terms of filling your site with stuff that doesn't kind of um, hit your message home with the people that are visiting it, you know, that's not doing you a service and that's not doing your people a service, um, the people that are visiting. So, 
just kind of these like broad strokes or bigger picture things to keep in mind of, you know, getting down to the, the core of who you are, um, whether it's a solopreneur or a small business, and using those elements and your goals for your business, whether it's the next six months or the next six years, to really drive what your site looks like and what features and functions it has. Um, so that's a great place to start. And I love what you said about how it can be so intimidating, right? Because you're putting yourself out there and you're being so vulnerable. Um, and there will be criticism. <laughs> I know, Teresa, you do an amazing job of talking about the haters um, and how we should kind of ignore them. But I think, you know, if you get to that core value of, you know, who you are, who your business is, or who you're trying to serve, it makes putting yourself out there a little bit easier because you know at the end you're being honest and you're being true to what your business is. And so that design that kind of comes out of that and grows from that becomes a little bit easier to share because you know that it is the message that you want to get across. So those are just, like I said, some kind of bigger picture things. Um, in terms of super um, specific, like, design pointers, because I do want to give some of those, um, you know, stuff like finding a color palette that is easy on the eyes, um, you know, and, and trust me, I, I come from a brand that is very bold. I have a blue and an orange color that are super vibrant, and I have to be very careful when I put those two colors together because they can actually truly vibrate um, when you look at them. It kind of makes the words look like they're shaking back and forth. So that's a design decision that I have to be conscious of. Um, so little things like that, picking colors that work well together, and if you are going for bold, making sure that you're using them separate from each other. Um, so whether that's, you know, using two different heading styles or using one as kind of an accent. Um, just, you know, things to think about with color. And then the other thing that I see a ton of is mixing and matching a million fonts. Um, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a biggie. Um, and not that there's, you know, anything wrong with wanting a little variety, but I think a good rule of thumb when you're looking at your site is to find two fonts, possibly three, um, that work well together and run with those. And it could be as simple as having like an accent font and then a main font that you use for almost all of your copy. Um, or maybe you have that like super scripty or um, super elaborate font that you use very sparingly. And then you have a little bit of an ornate um, heading font and then a very straightforward body copy font so that it's super easy for your clients and your site visitors to read the content that's on your site because that is so important. You want them to be able to read the things that you're saying and that, you know, the calls to action that you want them to follow and, and kind of um, what's the word that you want them to act on. So those are some kind of like, you know, broad strokes and then some really specific items that I think you can kind of um, keep in mind when designing. There is a lot of good stuff there. <laughs> so, so much. So much. Yeah, I, I like bold colors, too, and I definitely, I work with a designer, um, and she has, you know, really taught me kind of how to use them and how to work with them. And the same thing yep. with font, you know, font, I, when that started to really gel for me was, when I worked with somebody and they helped me pick fonts and then they gave me a style guide that directed me like, okay, this is how you use 
the the two different fonts you have. <laughs> yes, and that's a great example of, you know, obviously I'm speaking of more of a DIY kind of approach, but, you know, let's say you have some budget to work with a designer and maybe you don't have a budget to work um, completely custom start to finish, um, but you might be able to find a designer that can help create that style guide like you mentioned where it, they help you pick a couple fonts that work super well together. They help you pick colors that really resonate with you and really speak your brand. And then they'll show you, like you said, exactly how to use it. Like this is a font that you should use for heading. This, you know, use these colors as accents. Use these colors as links. Um, you know, that sort of thing. And, and they kind of spell it out for you. So then you can take that and run with it and add that to your site. Um, whether it's in the body copy or using colors in your header and footer or that sort of thing. So that could be a great way to kind of get your budget to go a little bit further is by getting that kind of intro element set up for you and then DIYing the rest of it because there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, yeah, if you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed by design decisions, you know, getting some help and recruiting the experts is a great place to go. Yes. So then what for you, you've given us some, some do's. What are the biggest don'ts that you see? And, and specifically because Teresa and I, especially Teresa, but, but me more and more because she's one of my BFFs, um, we're interested in what trends are, are, you know, really becoming extinct and, and going the way of the dodo mm -hmm. bird. But also, like, what generally do you see people do again and again? And you're like, ah, oh, please, no more. <laughs> oh, yeah. These are, oh, these are really good questions. Um, so one of the things that, you know, for a while it was kind of, you know, responsive. If your audience is on a mobile phone, then you can pay attention to it. But if they're not, then don't worry about it. And I really think that that's kind of um, becoming false. Um, more and more. So I think, you know, having a mobile version or having a responsive website is something that people really can't afford to ignore very much anymore. Um, and I'm not, you know, an SEO expert. I, I know enough to be dangerous and to kind of help with the basics. But um, Google just announced that they're giving more credit to sites that are mobile friendly um, in search engine ranking. So that's obviously a big deal. Um, you know, and just, again, we talked about, like, if your visitors aren't using your site, you know, they're not sticking around. So making it easy for people to use it on iPhones, on tablets, on, you know, all of those devices. So I think, you know, being responsive. And, again, there's mobile, you know, I, I work in WordPress, so that's the world that I know. But there's tons of WordPress plugins that make your site responsive or mobile-friendly, um, you know, for free or for little money. So that's a perfect thing. Um, in terms of what else not to do, um, oh, man, I think we've kind of escaped the era of flash, um, but, you know, I still see a little bit of flash used here and there, especially with um, really photo-heavy sites, but mm -hmm. flash doesn't work. It doesn't work on mobile devices, so um, and it doesn't work on Apple devices. So, you know, you're alienating a huge audience there. So I think um, kind of avoiding those pieces. And then the other don't um, that I kind of want to put out there is um, 
Sorry, I'm trying to think of how politely to word this. Um, <laughs> you, can, you can be blunt. We we get okay. blunt on Talking Shop. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of what I said of, like, people get this shiny object syndrome. Like, I can't tell you how many people send in um, requests for me to work with them, and they literally send me a link to another person's website and say, I want to copy this site. And it's like, well, first of all, that's a version of plagiarism, and we don't do that. Um, and second of all, you know, <laughs> that's not true to your brand and you're you're copying someone else's vibe you're copying someone else's problems and solutions and kind of trying to you know fit a square peg in a round hole and not really getting to the nitty-gritty of what it is that you need and what your site needs to function for so i think um that's kind of a a big soapbox that i've been trying to stand on a little bit more and more lately because i've been getting these like floods of um floods of requests and you know i i don't want to name names but i definitely am a part of b school and and it's this whole like oh can i have a site like marie's or can i have a site like chris carr um and while it's great to seek inspiration from others i think again it gets back to that whole you need to look inward and and kind of keep your eyes on your own paper and see what um, resonates with you and what um, really drives you and what will benefit your site visitors when they come in and check out your site. That's yeah. really good advice. Really good advice because I think the last thing you want to become is a clone of somebody else. If, exactly. If, if, our, if our sites were, if Bree and I looked exactly the same, <laughs> you know, people then can't tell us apart. Our right audience doesn't find us. I think exactly. having a site that really is unique to you is important so the right people show up at your business door. Correct. And what you put out into the world, you get back. And, um, you know, this is kind of going down a different tangent, but for the longest time, my portfolio was full of projects that weren't what I wanted to do. You know, it wasn't my, um, it wasn't my jam. It wasn't my um, zone of genius for the, um, read the big leap. Um, and, but that was all that people were coming to me for. And it's not that I was copying someone else's site, but it's that I was putting up work that wasn't authentic to me and wasn't being honest with what it was that I wanted to do. And so as soon as I started pulling those projects out of my portfolio, the clients that kept finding me were the ones that were my ideal clients and the people that I really got along with and the requests that really lit me up. Um, and the same can be said for, you know, drafting a service page or um, creating products is, you know, what you put out into the world you're going to get back or people are going to come to you for. So focusing on that as well is really helpful. I think it was Fabeku. I'm, I'm not sure if I'm right on this, Bree, who said that, you know, if you copy somebody else's stuff, you're still not – you're not they're not if, if somebody copies your stuff they're still not transmitting you that's and right so people can smell that when it's like a rip off of someone's yes. site yeah yeah absolutely and you know especially with some of the really like visible you know like in the world of life coaches there's like you know three to five sites that like everybody wants or in the world of sacred art you know there's three to five sites that everybody kind of gravitates towards and mm-hmm. we all know them like we've all seen them we've all been subscribed to their newsletters at some point like everybody knows what you're doing and at the at the very least it gives us a sense that you don't really know yourself and if you're 
selling something like insight or intuition, then not knowing yourself is a big problem, right? And at the worst, it gives us a sense that you're that you're a copycatter. And Teresa and I have strong feelings about copycatters. <laughs> we sure do. I'm, I'm guessing our feelings are the same. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. You know, just just be you because that's what people want. And and you know, whatever it is, whether it's website or beyond. Um, like you said, people can smell that. So being authentic and being honest and, you know, it kind of makes it makes your job easier because you're showing up and being you instead of being somebody else and having to put on a show or put on a front um, to kind of match what you've copied or what you've cloned. It probably makes it easier for you as a designer if somebody comes to you and they're very specific about their personality. You know, you probably then have an easier time kind of putting something together. You know, if I come at you, and of course I work with Allison, and I say, you know, hey, I need you to rein me in because my taste leans towards Liberace. Help me here. You know then exactly what you're dealing with. So when we come at somebody, instead of saying, I want a site just like Breeze, but saying, here, here's what I'm all about. This is my personality. I think that's really important for Anybody, if they're working with a designer, that they need to really convey their their the essence of who they are, so the designer can really put together a site that has their flavor to it. Absolutely, and don't be intimidated. You know, be like, oh, I don't, I don't have their language. I don't, I don't speak their terminology. You know, a good designer is going to be able to sift through and, and understand what it is you're saying, or even ask the right questions to get there. Um, and there's there's a ton of ways to go about it. When I'm working with clients on design, I have a questionnaire that, you know, we drill down into the nitty-gritty. And, and things like I ask what kind of music my clients listen to just so I can get a sense of who they are as a human being. Because when it's these solopreneurs or these super small businesses online, you know, who you are really is the business. There might be some differences, but, you know, when it comes down to it, you know, I always say to people, I am tiny blue orange. I have contractors and employees, but at the end of the day, I am the personification of tiny blue orange. And so, you know, sharing those pieces are are so helpful. Um, And then there's also things like creating mood boards for those of us that are a little bit more visual you know, even going on Pinterest and finding, you know, it doesn't have to be a logo or it doesn't have to be a website. It can be um, a, a T-shirt or it can be like a fashion spread from a magazine where you're like, this feels like me. This feels like my person. Um, if my website was dressed from head to toe, this is the outfit that my website would wear. Um, so it doesn't have to be so literal. Um, you know, it can be, you know, going back to those color palettes, right? Like it can be as simple as finding colors that really like kind of pull at you in your gut um, and using that as a starting point. Because um, like you said, the, the more information you can share with a designer, the, the faster you're going to get to that site that, you know, kind of like jazz hands, like, you know, makes you want to sing and dance. Because um, that's that's the goal at the end of the day, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely, that's exactly right. So let's go ahead and start. Um, I want to dive into WordPress and and other websites yeah. too. And we do have a little question that came in from our email, which I'm going to get to, but it kind of like segues into this eventually. But anyhow. Bree and I are yeah. both big, big, big fans of WordPress, and I think a lot of us mm-hmm. use WordPress. So yep. we just like your thoughts on using WordPress or 
maybe versus maybe using one of the inexpensive web hosts such as Weebly or Squarespace. What can you tell people about using these different um, web hosting, web platform type things? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know the right I'm word a, there. <laughs> right? <That's> beautiful. <laughs> and, and that's perfect. And I was just about to say I'm a total nerd, so I'll try to, like, steer clear, like, going into my total geek mode. Um <laughs> But basically, you know, super long story short, WordPress, um, so you'll see the, the acronym CMS, which is Content Management System. And basically what that means is that you have a way to log in and edit the content that exists on your site. So that's, you know, super stripped down definition. But WordPress has a couple options. And so there's WordPress.org and WordPress.com. Um, and one of those is where WordPress will host your site for you, and you're still using WordPress, um, and you can still have a unique domain. Um, if you use the free version, it's like, you know, yourname.wordpress.com, um, but you can have a unique domain with it. And the nice thing about that is, you know, hosting is taken care of for you it's through WordPress. Um, however, they do have limitations, and, and there are restrictions because it is hosted by WordPress. So then the next option is where you take WordPress and you install it on your server. So this is, you know, the Bluehost, HostGators, uh, Flywheel. Um, a lot of people use GoDaddy, although I don't want to recommend that. Um, you know, all of those hosting companies out there, you are installing WordPress on the server. You know, you own a portion of it, or you rent, I should say. Um, and so then you have a lot more control, right, because you're installing it. You can put whatever plugins, whatever themes, whatever content, all of that jazz. Um, and, you know, you can pay. I, I don't want to dive too far into money because it can be so different. But, you know, there are hosting plans out there for $3 a month, and there are hosting plans out there for $100 a month and up. So, you know, it can be pretty inexpensive to do. Um, and so the, the nice thing about WordPress, you know, and the reason that I picked WordPress to develop and design solely in is because there's so much information out there. Um, so there's people developing plugins and add-ons that, you know, make your site um, do exactly what you need it to do. Um, there's tons of forums and groups and instructionals for people who are having issues or want to learn how to um, deal with their site or update it or tweak it or finesse it. Um, so having that that structure already in place um, and not using something that's obscure that people don't know how to edit and don't have the resources available to edit. Um, that was kind of important for me and one of the reasons that I think WordPress is so great. Um, when you talk about sites like um, Wix and Weebly, I haven't personally used them. The issues that I have with those is that they're pretty proprietary and so you're stuck with them, right? And so you can't export your content and move it, you know. We, prior to this, we were talking about hosts that we didn't like. Um, and I've moved from host company to host company a couple times, and I've taken my content and I've moved it, um, you know, with a site like Wix or Weebly, and I believe it's both of those. Um, you're kind of stuck. You know, obviously you can copy and paste any content that you've written, but I could literally take my entire WordPress website and I can move it to a different host and none of the site visitors would be the wiser. So that um, freedom and flexibility and control really helps the control freak in me. Um, 
Squarespace I have dabbled in because so many people talk about it. Um, and honestly, I'm starting to, like, kind of become a fan. Originally, I was like, no, Squarespace. Um, I don't think I'll ever kind of jump shit from WordPress because I definitely am a huge WordPress fan. Um, but I think Squarespace does have its place and it does have its audience. Um, it does make things very user-friendly in terms of editing. Um, as a developer, because I, I have that brain, it frustrates me sometimes. But, um, it, you know, if you don't have that developer brain, I think it is pretty easy to use and update and manage. But again, just like Wix and Weebly, it is proprietary, so you are using Squarespace to host and as your content management system. So, you know, you can't take that if you're like, oh, I don't really like Squarespace hosting, or, you know, I want to I want to move to something that's a little bit more um, hands-on and, and higher level. You know, you're kind of stuck with Squarespace at that point. Um, so I just, I tend to advise people to, you know, think clearly and think about the long term when it comes to using those different pieces because having to start over is no fun. And if you use those proprietary things and change your mind later, um, you're kind of, you know, in the end having to do that. So hmm. is that? <laughs> Try Very to keep helpful. the jargon out of it. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's really, really helpful because, you know, so these are – these are like foundational decisions that really trip a lot of people up. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's it's not to say that there aren't people that have started with one platform and moved to the other. You know, I've certainly helped clients come on to, Square, or come on to WordPress from Squarespace or from Weebly and Wix. But, um, you know, like I said, being a control freak and, and liking, you know, to have my belongings because, right, like our websites are our ours, right? We put in the work, we put in the blood, sweat, and tears. Um, so be able, being able to take that with me wherever I go is really important to me personally. So. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. So then moving along those lines, once we have, once you've got your foundation, you've got your, your you know, place where your site will live, then what are the essentials? What are the things that every site needs to have? Yeah, oh, this is so good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so, again, I'm going to be talking in terms of WordPress just because that's what I know and love and what I work in every day. But, um, you know, when you think about a website, you can think about it as being, like, super complicated, and that can be overwhelming. Um, you know, you, like, especially if you're like, okay, you're listening to this, and you're like, I'm going to build a website. I'm going to make my website. I'm going to DIY it. Um, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I need all of the pages, all of the things, right? Um, that can be overwhelming. So, so get down to the basics. Get down to the bare bones of what the purpose of your website is and what you want people to do when they visit your website. So usually what that means is, you're trying to um, educate the site visitor on who you are and what it is that you offer, and then you're trying to get them to do um, usually a couple of different things, but whether it's sign up for your newsletter or purchase a product or purchase a service. Um, typically, you know, that's kind of, you know, not to make it like strip down to the, you know, almost nothing, um, but really that's what what our websites are there for is they're there to inform and educate and they're there to drive business to us. Um, 
So usually you can do those things with just a couple of pages, a home page, an about page. And to be honest, the home page might have the about content on it. So that might be as simple as having a single page. Um, a services page, which again could be listed on the home depending on how elaborate you want it to be. Um, and then a contact or a scheduling page, um, you know, especially, you know, like Teresa, I know you do booking, so you have a, a page where people can pick the style of booking that they want. And once they pay for it, then they, you know, can, can book it. Um, so something like that. Or if it's a product that you're selling, an ebook, you know, having a store and then having a buy now button so that they can purchase that product. Um, or it's an opt-in or a newsletter sign-up form so that you can stay in touch with them um, and communicate with them. Then on top of that, um, you know, you can add in things like blog, um, but I kind of want to put it out there. I I think blogging is very important, and it's something that has worked super well for me, um, but there are people out there that absolutely hate writing and don't really know how to write or don't feel good writing, um, you know, and so maybe maybe a blog isn't your jam. Maybe it's, um, you know, you're always on Instagram, and so your blog is an Instagram feed. Or, you know, maybe maybe you take your work to Twitter. Um, but finding a way to stay in touch with your audience is huge. Um, but don't feel like you have to do um, something like a blog. Or, or I've seen people talk about feeling like they have to blog every day. It's like, no, you don't, you don't have to blog every day. Um, <laughs> and, you know, you just have to pick what works well for you and, and what your audience kind of vibes on. Um, and maybe you put in the work elsewhere, right? Again, maybe it's a newsletter that you, you maintain and, and that's where you put your focus. Um, but some way to, you know, keep in touch with your audience and let them know what you're up to and, and kind of provide some valuable content to them so that they keep coming back to you and so that they see your value and then want to um, work with you on a bigger level or maybe purchase a product or, you know, book a service, um, depending on what it is that you provide. Um, you know, Again, kind of getting back to the basics of what should be on a website. Um, I kind of hinted at it, but contact info. Um, you know, if people don't know how to get in touch with you, um, that's usually kind of a crappy thing. Um, you know, if they want to ask you a question or they want to get your help. So it can be as simple as listing your email address. Um, or you can have a, an in-depth contact form. You know, it doesn't have to be super complicated, but if you want to kind of um, vet the people that are reaching out to you or you want a, a little bit of a gate in order to get in touch with you, uh, a contact form with some questions is a great place to start. Um, you know, you can have social links, especially if you're active on social, excuse me. Um, you know, so getting people to understand. I know there's some taboo about, you know, you shouldn't direct people off of your website, but I think the way that I look at it is if somebody lands on my site and they, they're vibing on what I'm putting out there, um, I want to connect with them and I want to engage with them. And if they are all about Instagram or they're all about Twitter, like I want to hang out with them in those spaces. I want to have conversations with them there. 
um, because, you know, that's where they're going to hang out and that's where they feel at home and they feel comfortable. And so I, I kind of want to meet them there. So I, I put my links out there because I think it's important. Um, you know, and then you can get, like I said, you, you know, those are the basics and then you can get a little bit deeper and keep kind of peeling away at the things that you want on your site. Um, FAQs or, you know, answering questions that you might get all the time is a great way to save yourself some email headaches. Um, but also kind of, you know, help calm the nerves a little bit if people are kind of on the fence about working with you or buying your product. You know, if you can address some of their fears or their questions before they even physically ask them to you, um, you know, you're doing a great service to them and, and you're kind of putting them at ease and, and making them feel at home on your home on the Internet. So that's a, a huge place to kind of put your efforts once you get that site up and running. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of yeah. covers the essentials. Yeah, yeah. I think that the contact one is super important. I <laughs> have had the experience so many times of going to a site and being interested and wanting to get in touch with the person and having no way to do that, whether it's yeah. like a form that you fill out or it's like here's your email address that you can send off to directly. You know, that is something that I still see in our very digitally connected age as not showing up. And then the other thing that I see a lot of is having a service or a product but not having the price. Oh God! That is that is one, and then the other one is having a service or product, having the price, but not having the click to purchase. You know, like however you want to phrase it, however you want to put it there. I still see on a daily basis sites where it's like, I would love to buy this from you, but the fact that like I've had to spend five minutes trying to figure out how to buy this from you means that I am not going to buy this from you. Correct. <laughs> I'm yep. leaving. Yep. Yeah, yeah I, I've had the you. same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I've had the same thing where, uh, you know, I've, I've even like uh, when I've mentored some people, in my industry, they've they had sites where it's like I can't figure out how to how to pay you or how how to buy a service <laughs> here. You know, you can't yeah. expect you're going to do business if someone can't figure out how to pay you. Yeah. yeah, and it's huge because you know, like you've mentioned, we're in this digital age. Attention spans are almost non-existent anymore. Um, if somebody can't quickly figure out how to how to pay you, how to send you money, they're not going to hang out. Um, they're not going to. You know, if if they are like your biggest fan ever, they might. But but realistically, people are not going to spend the time to figure it out. So you have to make that easy for them. Um, and one thing I tend to recommend to my clients is cut out the steps. Um, so think about how many steps it takes, or how many clicks, or how many pages people need to complete whatever task it is that they want. You know, these site visitors to do. Um, and can you simplify it? And, you know, it's you're not going to have every single thing on the home page because then it's not going to serve any purpose because it's just going to be overwhelming. But, you know, if it's an opt-in, do they have to fill out their birth date and give the, the name of their firstborn? Um, you know, obviously that's an extreme, but, you know, how can you make it simple for people to pay you or people to get your notifications or um, – 
people to hang out with you in the um, internet because that's what you want. You want people to engage with you and to, you know, purchase from you and to, to um, enjoy what it is that you're putting out and not just, you know, get bored or get overwhelmed or get frustrated and leave. Yeah. Right on. So we've talked about uh, function, the things that sites yes. needs, and we've uh, the, and we also mentioned WordPress, too, and we had a question came in, and I want to circle back to the question that I mentioned earlier oh, yeah. from Fred uh, in San Diego. Fred wrote and wants to know, Allison, how about a list of the top five WordPress add-on widgets? I think he might mean plugins or plugins, widgets. Plugins, yeah. Or maybe he means widgets, too, but what are the top five? Let's. Why don't we do this? What are the top five widgets and Plugins for a mystical business. Just Ooh. in case he meant plugins or he meant widgets, I just want to make sure we get both ends covered. And that way we get ten. Yeah, <laughs> we're being greedy. They're <laughs> right. putting me on the spot. All right. Um, so in terms of plugins, because that's more of my jam, um, I can basically tell you like the essentials that I install on every single site that I. I work on, um, and I, I'm guessing we're going to dive in a little bit deeper because we talked about getting websites right and tight, but the first one that I install is Backup Buddy, um, and what Backup Buddy does is it um, literally backs up your entire website. You can back up the database, or you can back up the whole kit and caboodle, so that's themes, content, settings, all of that jazz, um, and you can download it. You can send it to Dropbox or Amazon S3 for storage and safekeeping. Um, but you can basically, you know, kind of take a snapshot of your site at any given time and save it. And so that way, if something shitty happens where you are hacked, um, you have a place to go back to instead of starting over. So Backup Buddy, I'm a huge fan of. Um, I definitely talk about them nonstop, so I think I think that one's huge. Um, kind of along the lines of security and keeping your site right and tight. Um, another one that I, I use is... Um, I think it's called login limit attempts. It kind of is awkward to say. But basically what that one does is it, um, it, you know, it limits the login attempts on your site. So if somebody is trying to hack into your site and they're trying password after password, you set how many attempts people get. And if, you know, that person surpasses the number of attempts that you set, they are locked out from your site. And so it just protects you from hackers. It protects you from brute force attacks, which is where a script is running trying to um, attempt passwords. Um, so sometimes people have this misconception that hackers is like one individual person trying to break into your site, but a lot of times it's scripts or programs that are running so they can do a lot more damage in a lot less time. Um, so something like that login limit attempt plugin uh, really helps keep you safe. Um, now, with that one, a lot of people will bring this up when I suggest it, and they talk about how it hasn't been updated in a while. And I think it's such a simple plugin; it really only serves that one purpose. So, to me, it's great, and it still functions well. But if you're looking for something that's like consistently um, added features, uh, another great one is the um, iThemes security plugin, and they keep renaming it. So I feel bad; I don't have the exact name, but it's like better iThemes security or again they, they've renamed it a couple times but if you go to iThemes.com you'll be able to find that one um, and so that does the same thing as the login limit attempt plugin um, but it does that in like 
a million times more. So it, it's a pretty feature-rich plugin, and it can get a little bit overwhelming, but it's um, pretty phenomenal. Um, and that one is free. So I sh I'm sorry, I should have said this. Um, that one's free. Login limit attempts is free. Backup Buddy is not. Um, so, and there are backup plugins available for free. I just think Backup Buddy is phenomenal. Um, in terms of, so those are like all security, right? That's, that's my jam. Um, speaking of security, another great one is Kismet, which is installed by default, but that helps with spam comments. Um, so that one's pretty great. Um, you need to activate it or create an account in order to use it. Um, and then another one that I recommend to a lot of people, which kind of surprises them, is Jetpack, which is by WordPress. And the reason that I love Jetpack is because it has some great features, but because it is built by the WordPress team, it works so smoothly and so flawlessly with everything. Um, because it's kind of, you know, sometimes I wonder why they don't just build it in by default, but um, it has things like the ability to make your site mobile-friendly. It has social sharing. It has um, subscriptions where um, people can subscribe to get your blog posts automatically emailed to them. So you don't even have to think about it. As soon as you hit publish on that blog post, it'll send out to anybody that's given their email address. Um, so Jetpack is pretty phenomenal for that. Um, so I think that was five. Um, in terms of widgets, I'm guessing that's like um, sidebar kind of like feature um, kind of approaches that I would I would say. Um, I know sometimes the lingo gets a little um, what's the word? like you know it gets a little muddled or confused sometimes. So we'll just kind of talk about features maybe. Um, in terms of a mystical business, I I really think that scheduling plugins, or I guess I'm going back to plugins, right, but scheduling widgets are phenomenal. Um, so some of the ones that I've used are Time Trade, Calendly, and Acuity, and they all have code that you can embed right into your website, so whether that's in the sidebar or on a page, um, where you can put your calendar and your availability, and people can book through that, um, and that's all free, and that's um, their tutorials are really easy, and it's literally just a copy and paste kind of thing, um, and that would set you up to have the ability to book clients um, right on your site, which is a pretty cool thing. It's kind of getting that website to act like an employee for you, right? So instead of having an assistant book those calls, um, you could have your site do that for you. Um, another one that I really highly recommend in terms of widgets, especially for clients that have blogs, is to utilize like a most popular or, um, you know, start here and, and showcase a list of the top blog posts um, just because, you know, all of your blog posts should be phenomenal, right? But I think there are some that are really stand out and really resonate with your audience or contain super valuable information. So I think that's a great place to start, um, you know, and it can be – based on page view, so there's ones that do that automatically for you, or it can be a manual thing where you, you know, like I said, it could be a start here type of list where you put the top three or the top five um, blog posts that you think anybody coming to your site really should check out. Um, so I think that's great in terms of widgets. I kind of already hinted on it, but having a sign-up or having an option in your sidebar is pretty mission critical, especially if you have a list. Um, 
Although, right, like that's the thing everyone says, your list is your most valuable um, business asset. Um, so, so getting people to sign up, um, getting people to allow you into your in, into their inbox, rather, um, not something to be taken lightly. Uh, but I think, you know, putting that in the sidebar so that everyone can see it or what, you know, your sidebar might be on the side or it might be in the footer, um, but kind of getting that element there. And along those same lines, uh, blog posts, having a, a sharing plugin or a sharing widget is huge um, because then you're allowing your site visitors to kind of market your business for you um, and promote it and share it with their friends and people that they think would really gain some valuable um, insights or information from what you're sharing and what you're putting out into the world. Um, oh shoot, I lost count with that. Is that four? No, that's <laughs> really helpful, and that gives us a lot to work with. I was going to say, that's, whew, <laughs> I need a drink yeah. after that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, and I think, too, you know, it, it can be, again, keep your eyes on your own paper, right? Like, we could get into this shiny object syndrome, but um, you know, getting your site to do some work for you, I think is huge. Protecting your site is huge. Um, uh, and then making it easier for your peeps and the the folks that are visiting you, um, to get that information. You know, you can't go wrong with those like core values or those core purposes. And I really like your, your piece of advice, you know, at the very beginning of the call, which is like, whether it's a widget or a plugin or really like, at any level, the first question that you need to be aware of is, you know, what does my audience need? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily like, you know, oh, I'm really into my Instagram feed, but that's <laughs> not, but, you know, it's personal. Like, for me, like, I really like Pinterest, but I use Pinterest really personally. Like, I don't use it. I'm not, you know, promoting Brianna Saucy on Pinterest. And so, like, I don't have Pinterest all over my site. I have, you know, if somebody wants to share a post via Pinterest, they can do that. But, like, you know, it doesn't make sense for me to have, like, the Pinterest plug-in where everybody can see my pens because, you know, that's not really germane to my business. Exactly. So I think that that really helps. So, you know, given all of these yummy things you've told us about, <laughs> the the next question that we have is how frequently should we update a website? And and we're not ta- I don't think we're talking about so much like a whole rebrand, but just yeah. freshen it up, nip and tuck. How often should we be doing that? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of the back end, um, so like the functionality of WordPress, I typically recommend clients do updates once a month. Um, I'm definitely a routine-based kind of person. And so for me, um, you know, having a schedule of, like, once a month I do my updates and my maintenance on my site and the back end of it, um, that's worked really well for me. Um, You know, if you don't have a lot of plugins installed, you might not have very many updates to run, and so maybe you can do that once a quarter. But, um, you know, these plugins and these, you know, systems like WordPress, they release these updates for a reason. And a lot of times it's um, adding new features or just simple bug fixes. But there are times where it's because of a security issue. And so, you know, the longer you leave those things kind of sitting by the wayside and collecting dust, the more you're putting yourself and um, the people visiting your site at risk for you know, viruses or hacking or shitty situations that no one wants to be a part of. 
So in terms of the back end, you know, finding a groove and finding something that works for you is important, but I, I think most most businesses are great with, like, once a month kind of thing. And so it's as simple as, you know, running a backup, making sure you have that copy, um, updating plugins, just kind of checking in, making sure things are working well. Um, there's another plugin I didn't recommend, but it's uh, Broken Link Checker, and it basically scans your entire website for any links that don't work. Um, that could be PDF links. It could be links to other sites. It could be links to your own site, you know, within other content. Um, so maybe you run that and make sure all of your links are good and, and functioning. And so that's kind of the back end. Um, in terms of the front, I think freshening up content is huge. And, again, I don't want to um, tout too much SEO because I know enough. But um, most search engines reward websites that have content that's updated on the regular. So whether that's, you know, once a week or once every couple of weeks. And so that's where a blog really does benefit. Um, business owners and website owners is because that blog is new content that's being put out into the world. Um, but that could be as simple as updating your about page. You know, not that I'm saying you should update your about page every week. Um, but I think, you know, the about page is a great place to kind of start. Um, and please note that I, I say this having my face plastered all over my website with really long hair and, and I've hacked it all off since. Um, that could, could stand to be updated. But, you know, your bio changes. Um, what you love about, you know, your time off from work changes, these hobbies and, and that sort of thing. So making sure you're, you're um, keeping that stuff up to date. And, you know, social media. Sometimes we change our social handles, right? Like a social handle becomes available that we've been wanting for so long and, you know, we kind of had a workaround. So making sure that those links are current, um, so just setting aside time, and maybe that's a matter of every month when you do updates on the back end, you kind of check in and make sure all of your content is current. Um, if you have your availability on your site, you're keeping that updated. Um, but in terms of, like, like you said, not a whole redesign, but kind of just freshening things up in terms of how it looks, um, I think it's a great idea to visit once or twice a year. Um, you know, see how your website is performing. You know, see if you constantly hear the same thing from people like, oh, your checkout process was a pain in the end. Um, pain in the mm -hmm. end. Okay, well, you know, if you hear that three times, make sure you, you check it out. Um, and so I think, you know, whether your business kind of operates in quarters or in, you know, biannual or whatever it might be, you know, maybe it's a spring cleaning and that's how you think about it. Um, but just going through and, and kind of freshening up photos, um, you know, maybe rearranging some elements because, you know, if somebody's visiting your site every day or every week to read your blog, they're seeing everything in the same place, and so it all kind of starts to blur together. And so maybe it's rearranging those widgets in the sidebar just to kind of um, test the waters of having something else at the top of the page. Um, or maybe it's, you know, freshening up your services or your service prices. Um, so, yeah, it, it doesn't have to be this big to-do where, you know, you're, you're wiping the slate clean and starting from scratch. Um, but just kind of checking in every, like, three to six months, is it's never a bad idea. And, and even if it's just setting an hour aside to, to do that and um, see what kind of stands out and what, you know, doesn't really suit you anymore and, and how you can clean that up and how you can make it better for your visitors.
That is great Jeez, advice. Cool. We're and we're getting right down to the last couple minutes. Oh so yeah. There's one question that I really really want to make sure that we get in here. We did talk about some of the ways you can secure your site. But yeah. Allison, what is the best plan of action if you do get hacked? Mm-hmm. What do you do? Don't, don't panic. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's I know it's hard. Don't panic. Um so yeah, I mean obviously and I want to be conscious of time too, so I'll try to keep this quick. Um, but setting yourself up to a point where you're um, less at risk of being hacked is obviously worth your time and money. Um, so whether that's, like I said, using Backup Buddy to make sure you have copies of your site so that, let's say, you were hacked, you could go back to that backup. Um, and so maybe you you lose a week of work. Um, but I would fathom that all of us would be much happier only losing a week of work than losing our entire website. Um, So, you know, and using strong passwords. So keeping that stuff hard for people to break into is huge. Um, So keeping yourself safe before it happens. Um, But if it does happen, you know, if you're noticing Viagra ads in your header, um, you know, or worse, um, I have seen some pretty terrible where the, the site was taken down by um, hackers and they put their splash page up, like, claiming their victory over hacking the site. Um, you know, usually your best bet is to reach out to your hosting company. Um, you know, not everyone is running backups. Um, I can tell horror stories of companies that say they're running backups and aren't. But there are companies that will pretty regularly run backups of servers, and so they might be able to um, take care of that for you. Again, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You know, make your own backup, but your hosting company might be a great place to check out. Um, You know, I just really think, you know, roping in some help is the best plan of attack. Um, You know, I wouldn't sit here and recommend that you go into all of the source files and and see what the hackers changed and, and where they put the ads. Um, you might think you can figure it out. So you might say, oh, well, the, the Viagra ad is on my homepage, and you go into the homepage and you see the Viagra ad and you pull it out. Okay, great. But what if that hacker gained access to your server and created a user account? Well, then you have to go into the user account and delete the user that they created. But they might have access to the database. And so I'm not trying to paint this, like, horror story of, like, all is lost, but um, I think that's why I – I promote and I do as much work as I can to help people protect themselves from that shitty situation because, you know, once a hacker breaks in, um, you need to do a lot of things to make sure that you have completely booted them out, um, you know, and changing your password and deleting the Viagra ad on your homepage isn't, isn't enough usually. So um, one thing that I do have available for folks um, at tinyborns.com backslash quiz or forward slash sorry, I always pull up um, slash quiz is a quiz where you you know answer like 20 questions and at the end of the quiz um, articles referencing the pain points or the weak points of your website um, show up so they show you exactly how to fix what um, kind of security issues or red flags that you have on your site. Um, and it's completely free, like no opt-in needed, because like I said, I think it's so important that we all kind of get this stuff, like you guys said, right and tight and, and keep those hackers out so they don't need to be in there. Yes. That is phenomenal advice. So um, 
we're closing down and yeah. Once again, Allison, could you tell people where they can get that quiz again? Because I think if they um, got that quiz, it could give them a good idea what's going on on their site. And is there any other, like, products you have that might be able to help people secure their sites? Absolutely. So it's tinyblueorange.com slash quiz, um, and it's linked from my homepage, too. So if you just land on Tiny Blue Orange, you'll see it. Um, but at the end of the quiz, like I said, there's articles that show up, so it's, like, super easy to, like, dive into those articles. Um, but even more, like, further down the page, you can um, get information and links, too. But I provide security audits, um, so I'll scan your site and your server um, even further than what the quiz does because not everyone is a mega nerd like me and, and really happy hanging out in servers and database kind of stuff um so you know i'll scan your site find those weak points and and tell you what needs to be done to kind of fix it and get that locked down um there's an ebook that i wrote that has you know start to finish exactly how i run my business in terms of how i maintain and update sites for my clients so that you can take that and kind of do it on your own um and then the kind of so it's ebook audits, and then the, kind of the top tier is that um, I will do maintenance and take care of security for a client. So you can kind of book me and have me on retainer to um, make sure your site is safe and sound. And Brutus, my guard dog, helps out just by looking mean and vicious. And <laughs> 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 Even though he is so not, he, he'll just drool on people. But, um, but yeah, we at Tiny Florence, we take that kind of stuff seriously. So absolutely. And for everybody who is listening, um, I've been working with Allison now for probably about a year or so. And yep. I can tell you guys that Allison is amazingly intuitive designer. She's really good at getting your site stuff working right and protecting your stuff. She is one of my most trusted people out there. So I'm giving you guys a, my personal recommendation. She's fabulous. She's prompt. She's awesome. Sorry, Allison, i got to, like, toot your horn here. You're just amazing. No, thank you so much. And I love, love, love the service you provide. And I feel for everybody who's listening, I'm much safer in her hands. So mm -hmm. if you need that kind of protection or if you're looking for a fabulous designer, I can tell you that Allison is is my go-to gal, and I wouldn't look anywhere else. So this is where to go, guys. Oh, what an honor! Thank you. Yeah, no, I really mean it. You've been just amazing. And Bree, we're we're like down to the last minute. I so. know we are. <laughs> what? what <laughs> I'm Bree, a chatty what, what's, coming, <laughs> what's coming up next month, Bree? All what right, you guys. On? Thank you so much for joining us. We totally appreciate you being here. And next week, or next week, haha, next month, next we month. have a really excellent show with the one and only Leah Shapiro. And the theme of the show is how to name and claim your gift. This is something that sacred artists, metaphysical entrepreneurs are constantly tripping over. Um, Allison has given us all of the how-tos to put our work out into the world via web in a beautiful, seamless, and secure way. And that is super awesome, but if you don't know how to name and claim your gift, then obviously that's a problem, and you'll have a really pretty website and 
some shame behind it because you're not ready to claim what you do. So please join us on Wednesday, April 29th, same time, 8 p.m. Central, and we will be talking with Leah, who is such a brilliant force of nature when it comes to this kind of stuff. She really walks her talk in a beautiful way. Teresa and I both know her, and we love her, as we do everybody that we bring on the show. So please join us. And thank you all for your presence this evening. Allison, you rocked it. I've learned so much. Me too. Thank you. And again, for everybody who wants to get into Allison's world, I do recommend it. You can find her at tinyblueorange.com. And Allison, thank you so, so much for sharing your incredible wisdom with us. We're just so happy you were here tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again, ladies. And if anybody, you know, has questions or um, kind of wants to know a little bit more, I'm always hanging out on Twitter <laughs> at Tiny Blue Orange. So feel free to kind of reach out that way, too. And with that, we are going to sign off. So, again, tune in next month, and thank you for being here, everybody. My name is Teresa Reed. You can find me at www.thetarolady.com. And, Miss Bree? You guys, thanks so much. Have a beautiful evening. I'm Bree Saucy, and you can find me at briannasaucy.com. Thank you, and have a great night. Night. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.